0: Fuse box. Okay, this is Fuse Box number one hundred and eighty. Fiddling with Nero. And you probably can smell that smell.
1: Yeah, it smells like burning rosin. You know, you might want to tune to X-flat minor 7, too. It, uh, it'll really clean up your intonation there, buddy. Yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome in to Fuse Box number 180, puckishly entitled uh, Fiddling with Nero. And I'm your seemingly high-strung, but surprisingly affordable host, Mark Rose, and uh, over there, sitting in the cheap seats, it's the Prime Minister of Modulation, Milk Canes, everybody. <laughs> well, uh,
0: thank you kindly. Uh, probably not a guy you want to fill
1: with, yeah. Uh, well, uh, you mean uh, Nero? Yeah. <laughs> probably not. He was another world-class debaucher, uh, we're told, uh, fiddling away there while Rome burned, as uh, at least that's how we're informed uh, by historical info. But you know what? I don't actually think the fiddle, or violin, really, uh, was even invented back then. So he, he was probably playing a lira or a harp or something like that. So,
0: like no seven-necked guitar jacked into a Marshall stack?
1: Unlikely. Who knows, though, right? I mean, <laughs> they uncover artifacts all the time that seem to set the the historic timeline on its butt. I mean, Egyptian batteries? Well, who knew?
0: Well, you know, I've, uh, I've heard that the pyramids could actually have been like some kind of power source or a, a, a reactor or something. Yeah,
1: and that they may have been before the Egyptians, which is a, <laughs> a very interesting notion. Well, it kind of suggests that they were repurposed by the Egyptians and uh, not constructed by them at all. Which would explain a hell of a lot, really Yeah, like, didn't they
0: say that uh, some of the stones weren't even from uh, around the area that this thing is uh... Yes, yes
1: they did, which of course led to a whole discussion on how it uh, may have gotten there in the first place
0: Did they have Home Depot back then?
1: Uh, A wee before Home Depot's time, I'm thinking Yeah But maybe Byzantines are us, that's a possibility
0: So what's the word on the mysterious box, man?
1: Huh? Oh, you mean, uh, uh, Kima.
0: Yeah. Is it happening? I mean, inquiring minds want to know. Well, I want to know
1: anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, friends, what Mr. Keynes is referring to is a, uh, a rather mythic, at least it was, uh, for the longest time to me. Uh, it's a little bit of hardware and software combination called Kima, made by a couple of absolutely delightful folks, uh, uh, aliens. I'm convinced of it. Truly, they're aliens. Kurt Hebel and Carla Scaletti, they have a company called Symbolic Sound, and I'm going to link it right down there in the show notes. These two folks designed this system 30-plus years ago, and uh, it's, it's basically what you could call a sound design engine. Now, you've heard of game design engines, right? Yeah,
0: like, uh, what is it called? Uh, The Unreal Engine or something like that. Yeah, that's
1: a perfect example. Yeah, that's actually spot on. Yeah, highly sophisticated kind of rendering box that uh, in the case of Unreal Engine, it creates all these amazingly uh, stunning visuals and allows for uh, complete and total interaction and immersion uh, in a game or a film or whatever. Well, Kima is that same idea for audio. Except, as I mentioned, they did it 30-plus years ago. <laughs> you, know how, you know how software designers always say that uh, some new piece of software plug-in that they have is the great new secret weapon, right, that everybody uses and no one talks about?
0: Pretty much every piece of software is somebody's secret
1: weapon. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, Kima is one. And you know what else? might actually be the only one. How do I know? Because nobody ever talks about it. Not even in hushed tones in the back of obscure audio magazines. No, nothing. Nothing ever. Come to find out that chema has been extensively used in this little tiny film called I don't know, Star Wars or something? It, it, yeah, it was used in the uh, franchise since about episode one, back in the late 90s. Ben Burt, sound designer on uh, many of those films, uh, if not every one of those films since the first one, it just came right out and said it.
0: Now, is he, uh, is he banned from the ranch now, too?
1: Oh, not bloody likely, buddy. So what's the deal with delivery, then? Well, sadly, it's uh, Chip's. You know, we, we, we've all probably heard of the uh, chip shortage that is currently causing grief for uh, manufacturers of virtually any electronic component. I don't care what it is. So imports are back-ordered. And uh, may I say, may I, may I just indulge myself here? I'm going to anyway. Bring it. Okay. Well, this shortage, it just feels a little manufactured to me. I saw what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, it's been reported um, that before this shortage became a thing, that stockpiling of certain chips preceded it, like, way before. So folks in the know were hoarding these chips, not specifically for their own use, but, of course, to resell the chips at gouge and gore-level prices to others. Because many smaller manufacturers who don't have the clout of some of these uh, fatter cats would uh, be in a serious bind. And, of course, need to uh, keep the assembly process going. A process, by the way, that was already smacked in the face by COVID.
0: Yeah, good times. So were these folks having to uh, pay extortion-level prices for all their...
1: No, no, thankfully. They are uh, waiting it out, as many are, and um, won't become part of the problem by supporting these thugs who see a fast buck opportunity.
0: So they're just...
1: Yeah, they're just waiting it out. Uh, The folks at uh, Symbolic tell me that they are awaiting a delivery this month, uh, September as we record this, so we'll see. <laughs> you see, because each one of these things, it's built by hand, friends. They they don't have an overseas team doing assembly, <laughs> at least not for the innards, as they say. Uh well, how
0: big is this thing?
1: Uh, it's not not really not really very big. It's uh, it's about two rack spaces high, or about three inches. Uh, but this thing is deep. It's uh, a little shy of a foot.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, you see, the box is all audio processing. That's all it does. It crunches numbers and gives you the best audio quality imaginable. There's no uh, fancy OS or interface like that. There's nothing foo-foo in there. It does have a software component designed uh, by Carlos Scaletti that lets you talk to whatever box you're using, whether it's Mac, PC, Linux, whatever. And, and it also has uh, no digital I.O. built in meaning audio in and out, well, that's up to you.
0: Wait, what? How how does it output? I mean, how do you get shit into this thing?
1: Through gigabit Ethernet. Huh. Yeah. You see, when you don't have to worry about doing all those uh, digital to analog and vice versa computations, you save chip space. So then... Your audio processing algorithms can be as freakishly weird as you want with uh, no limitations because the box is not concerned with the input and output of audio. Just processing the hell out of it. I mean, you can't begin to imagine what this, uh, this thing can actually do. The uh, morphing algorithm alone... Would uh, blow your mind You, you want to make the sound of a cat Made out of glass tubes and barbed wire Have at it Well, aren't they already? Well, yeah, good point So, uh, any day, Mr. Keynes um, Oh, and the, the last thing um, I'll say On this geeky subject, I promise Is that uh, all the parameters of a sound That you're uh, creating Are made to be controlled externally Like buy an iPad, or a Wacom tablet, or a thing like the Touche that I am fond of. So the movement of sound is purely organic. You can move things through space and morph between things with (laughs) positively no regards to uh, linear motion, unless you want to constrict it that way.
0: Yeah, I think my brain is trying to exit the building... You know, I'm getting visions of you slumped over the desk with a coffee IV drip in your neck.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: TheFuseboxShow.com
1: The following preview has been approved for all audiences.
0: In a world of hate and judgment, where judgmental
1: hate judges with
0: hate and judgment, comes the ultimate day of judgment and hate. A hate that judges. A hate that.
1: Sweetie, what are you doing in there?
0: Ah, nothing. I'll be out in a minute, Mom. Well, I hope you're not doing what I think you're doing, Macken. Mom. You know your father and I don't like when you do that. Son, you need to get a girlfriend and a real job. Ah, for. God's sake! Sweetie, come to dinner. It's meatloaf night. Hmph. Well, if you ask me, he needs to let his meatloaf once in a while. Carl! I've died and gone to hell. <laughs> Timo's World.
1: Yes, friends. The big guy returns. Timo is lumbering your way uh, shortly, so uh, I would recommend that you tie down any loose objects and, uh, you know, stay away from uh, the windows because things could get a little frenetic around here. Coming up in a bit.
0: So, did you hear about this thing where the uh, NIH seems to have been involved in the grant funding of research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology?
1: I'm sorry, what? What? Say it ain't so.
0: I'm afraid it's so, bro. This uh, outfit called the uh, Intercept reports that a 900-page report on something called Gain-of-Function Research shows that a grant given by the NIH and uh, specifically from the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases to do this research. Now... You know who sits at the head of that outfit,
1: right? Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course. Now, wait a minute, though. Are are they saying that the NIH had something to do with the pandemic?
0: Not yet. But this research uh, they were funded for is considered risky because they aim to make a virus more contagious.
1: Well, one might say weaponize.
0: One might say that I'm not But one
1: might So so the fallout has been what? C- can you uh, send that to my screen? Oh yeah, yeah Here you go Thanks
0: Here's the funny part It kind of looks like the whole machine over there at the NIH is uh, in a bit of a panic But bro, no one is reporting on this in the major media At least not today you know, we're yapping about it. The cats at the intercept evidently had heard about this grant and uh, went digging for it.
1: All right, so it uh, it does appear to have some funny optics here. Uh, I will say that it uh, it says there was a collaboration between the NIH uh, and some not-for-profit organization called EcoHealth Alliance, which it says was working with this uh, Wuhan virology outfit. This looks, you know what, this actually looks like the kind of shell game they play in film production to get movies funded, you know But anyway, here's a, uh, a clip from an interview on The Hill, which is a uh, DC-based news program With uh, one of the authors of that article, uh, Mara Heivenstall um, Fauci's testified that NIH and NIAD, the organization that he headed with under NIH, categorically has not funded gain-of-function research in China. Francis Collins, the head of NIH, has said made similar statements, and the the documents raise a lot of questions about mm-hmm. um, whether that's true and how much uh, Fauci and Collins knew about the work um, that was going on, and and so you know they do not definitively prove that. Fauci lied, but they do raise a lot of questions that going forward uh, will need to be explored.
0: And uh, the reporters there are also quick to point out that uh, gain-of-function research is not necessarily a bad thing all the time. It's just part of the research process. Well,
1: I also notice here that the uh, NIH was not denying the gain-of-function studies. They they were just, uh, (laughs) quote reclassifying the conditions of the research. And uh, here's a clip with the uh, co-author Sharon Lerner.
0: We decided that it should not be subject to the restrictions that we put on gain-of-function research. And specifically, they're talking about two things. One is this pause that happened On such research between 2014 and 2017. And after that, it's these guidelines that were um, applied to that kind of research. So moving the goalpost.
1: Well, this, this is weird, Mr. Keynes, I will say. I mean, these particular players don't create an air of confidence in the system when it's quite clear something was going on under the radar like this. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. I also see why a lot of major media might be a little slow to report this. Um, at the moment, they're all about social fallout these days, you know, the numbers and the mandates and all that stuff. This? <laughs> this will cause some of the uh, alternate truth seekers uh, To turn it up to 11 for sure And they've got some big rally planned like this weekend So uh,
0: Kind of what I'm hoping doesn't happen
1: Yeah, I second that opinion Well, uh, this just looks funny I gotta say I, I, I This just looks funny
0: Thing to me is When you're dealing with players this big The truth of what really happened may never be known man you know they they kind of own the optics machine if you know what i mean
1: well you know what you you, you actually bring up a, a an interesting point i wasn't going to talk about this really but uh, now that we're here
0: go for it
1: i was uh i was posting the video promo for the last show uh number 179 bozone layer and uh the cover art Uh, painstakingly crafted, as usual, by our colleague in audio crime, Jeff Pollard. Well, this cover art features the word COVID in the uh, actual artwork there. So I'm posting this thing, and all of a sudden, a screen pops up, alerting me to the fact that the uh, image that I'm trying to post contains the word COVID in the art. It uh, then directs me to a COVID information site or I can just continue. It didn't stop me from posting the image. It just wanted me to know that it noticed the word and uh, are you sure you want to do this? Fucking algorithms. Well, yeah. Now, friends, I, I, I get it on one level. There is a barge load of uh, disinformation being spewed out every day on this topic. And, uh, yeah, it's a mess. But who are we? We produce a program that features satire a lot. It's very clear to me that this uh, myopic algorithm is at its best humorless, and at its worst uh, aligning itself with that uh, NSA type of uh, content flagging.
0: Yeah, they do that. It's just mining for keywords, man. COVID is in their top five hit list. No pun intended.
1: It's just a wee fatiguing, you know? Because in many respects, we seemingly have uh, regressed as a society to the point that uh, laughing at virtually anything is subject to intense scrutiny and uh, maybe even, say it with me, Cancellation.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, it'd it sure be a tough road to travel if we were doing a comedy show.
1: Wait. Uh... It's Timo's World. wants to become a famous saxophone player and start a band but first he'll have to actually learn how to play a saxophone stick that in your jazz hole
0: all right so this is the apollo 8xp huh? um well it looks like it has the same connectors
1: yeah 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 so you know what i'm thinking is um we just basically swapped the 896 out. i can't put it in yet yeah because
0: uh well you know isn't here yet, so
1: right. Yeah, it's not here yet. So I I, I think it'll be pretty easy. Um uh, it should sound bad. Yeah, I'd I'd say we just swap the cables on the 896 just
0: uh... Oh. Hey hey Timo. You should be good to go Oh hey Timo. What brings you by? <laughs> Sex. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> oh uh you know, look, bro, I, I don't swing that way, sorry. I mean, well, there was that one time in Argentina, but I I, I seriously
1: thought that dude was No no. <laughs> sax. Not sex. Sax. Saxophone. Oh,
0: right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that. <sighs>
1: I funny. Yes, I worry about him too, Timo. A- anyway, uh cool sax. I didn't know you played.
0: You've always wanted to be in a jazz band? Oh, man. Really? Jazz? Well, you know, that's cool, Timo, but uh, bands are a lot of work. You, you, You gotta book gigs and print flyers and learn how to play hungover. Make sure you have enough money for bail. And, uh, oh, condoms? You got... <laughs> sex. Exactly, bro.
1: Again, sex. Not sex.
0: Oh, man, that reminds me. Did I ever tell you about that time in Argentina? Or or was it Utah?
1: More times than I can count. And I still have nightmares. So, uh, a, a jazz band. Huh, Timo? Well, you, you know, you could just play uh, solo, too. You don't need a band to play jazz.
0: Yeah, you don't need talent, either.
1: Now, Well, you know, jazz is an acquired taste, Mr. Keynes. Hey, how about playing something for us, Timo? We can, uh, we can uh, patch you in. We'll record it. Sir! <laughs> Teemo,
0: play! <laughs> Alrighty, well, we're recording, so... Uh... Go ahead and start whenever you want, Timo. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like jazz,
1: all right. Yeah, I think he's freestyling. Even if it's free,
0: cost too
1: much. Well, uh, say now, uh, gosh, you know, I've, I've, um, really, I've never seen, uh, someone sweats so much.
0: Bro, I think I'm bleeding from my ears.
1: <laughs> Sex! Timo, that was just, uh, uh, really, really very, uh, wow. You know, R- uh, right, Milt?
0: Seriously, blood coming from my ears.
1: So, uh, uh Teemo, the, the, uh, the thing? about jazz is...
0: It sucks. That's the thing about jazz, man. It sucks. No one should ever be allowed to play jazz, ever. It's a bullshit genre for musical posers who think that crap is an art form. You know what? I've never picked up a saxophone in my entire life, and I'm already one of the best saxophone players in the entire history of jazz.
1: Oh, no. Too far. Too far. No, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, th- that went well. Oh
0: humanity. My bad, bro. But seriously.
1: Jazz? What so, what? You, you think he'd play better if he wanted to start a polka band? No. <sighs> Good afternoon, the podcast formerly known as Fusebox. This is Mark. How may I help you?
0: Hey, Mark. Thank Christ you're still there.
1: <gasps> yeah, I... yeah.
0: Listen, Timo is headed your way. Did you know he played sax?
1: Uh, we. Uh, uh, anyway, he's, he's,
0: he's got this wild idea about starting a band or something, and he wants to play for you guys. So look, whatever you do, make sure you like his playing. In fact, make sure you love his playing, or things will get really ugly really fast. I, uh, Jesus, I didn't even know he played. And jazz? What, is he kidding with that? Chaz, no one likes that shit.
1: And the walls uh, come tumbling down.
0: Are we going to be canceled now because we have a bell ringer who plays bad sax?
1: Well, I sincerely hope not. I have weird sounds to make in my not-too-distant future.
0: And I have got an icy cold donut in mind.
1: And on that tab we'll call it a show, friends but uh, not before thanking our contributors to this edition of Fusebox Jen Gosnell, Bruce Miles Sam A. Mowry and Jeff Pollard. Thanks as well to the uh, phantom fiddler of the front of house Milk Keynes over there for technical assistance and so forth and so on.
0: Pleasure as always.
1: And of course an overly long concerto of thanks to you friends for pushing play on this edition of the show as we know there are many many things vying for your earballs. Uh,
0: yeah but while you're here thinking about it go ahead and mash the subscribe button there and maybe even leave a review with you know 11 stars or something.
1: Yes, indeed, most grateful for any activity there. It truly keeps us running along and at least stocked up in Japanese pocket squirrel kibble. (laughs) I have been your saying all the right things to all the wrong people host, Mark Rose saying until our next cartoon...